Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife, Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Camille, thanks for being on the program. Tell, t- tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you, how did you end up at Heartlight? Tell me about your family. Tell me about right. everything. How did you end up here? Um, well, I'm from St. Simons Island, Georgia. So I have two, a brother and a sister. And um, I have a pretty good home life, but I have like a lot of insecurities and like broken past, like mm. from elementary school and like being bullied. And okay, wait, wait, elementary school. Yeah, like well, when just, you look back at elementary school, what went on in elementary school? It's just like normal. Like it wasn't like normal, but just like I was really insecure. I had like I was bullied a lot. Bullied about what? Just like I looked different when I was younger, and um, pretty much. My parents would say some things, and I would be grounded for a while for not, like, just silly reasons in elementary school, and I felt like everything was my fault, Mm. and so I'd feel, like, alone, and I was just insecure, and then it got worse and worse in middle school with the attention from guys and, like, drugs, and that started in eighth grade, and it was kind of a relief because it could, like, kind of make me, like, numb the pain in a way, I guess. I would, like, put a fake show on for everyone to seem that I'm okay, but I tried to hide it as well as I could, and I'd get caught, like, a lot with my parents, but I'd just, like, blame it on, like, my depression and stuff. So then I went to, like, mm. psych, and I started cutting, and I, like, hid all this stuff from my parents. Like, And then um, I got in some trouble with the police one time for drinking and driving, and... Uh, that was a call to my parents because they kept telling me, like, Camille, this has to get better. Mm. And I was like, I'm fine. Mm. Like, just leave my depression alone. Like, I can work on this by myself. Because I was, like, just minded that I knew my problems were okay. I thought it was normal. I was angry because my parents kept saying, we're going to send you away if this gets worse. And I said, no, like, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I went to a therapist, went to a psych. I'm okay. I just have some issues. And when they told me I was coming here... um. Yeah, I was angry. We have a lot of fighting issues. I have mm. anger issues. Just wasn't pretty seen. My family life wasn't perfect at all, it seemed like. I thought it had a good picture, but no. we I didn't have a relationship that I thought I had. Yeah. But coming yeah. here, realizing my self-esteem and having no, like, just the negative thoughts that would run through my mind, like, I didn't realize how much they impacted wow. my worth. Wow. And now I'm starting to realize that. Wow. Okay, so, I mean... So how old are you now? Uh, I'll be 17 tomorrow. Wow. Actually. Well, happy so, birthday yeah, a day early. 16. Yeah. Okay, so 17, everything started when you were 13? Yeah. Well, my, yeah, my depression, anxiety, my concerned about your looks because, you know, like I got a phone and I looked like models and stuff, you know, like I just saw other pictures of who I wanted to be, like, yeah. you know, 
So you compared yourself to other people. Anyone, well, yeah. you'll But you'll never win on that because everybody else, you don't have somebody doing makeup for you and doing your hair every day yeah. and posting these unbelievable pictures. Yeah, right. It was just, like, silly because I was like, oh. And then, like, it just got stuck in my mind because like, I didn't realize how much comparing yourself, like, wow. can affect you. But, yeah, pretty much I it, like, controlled my mind. Like, if I did this different, I could be like this. Like, I... If I look this way, I do better. I thought it like made would make me happier. So I did wow. a lot of things that to make myself like feel happier. But like it's the same person at the end of the day. Yeah. Like woke up the same. Okay, when you'd go to sleep at night and sit there and think about yourself, what would you think about? Well, my counselor and I talked about this, and pretty much we were saying how if you have an empty glass and and like you wake up every morning and you try to fill yourself with like false happiness like texting your friends mm -hmm. doing things like guys or just false happiness like you fill yourself and there's a crack at the bottom and it fills all the way to the top and then at the end of the day it just drains because you're just exhausted because yeah. it's someone yeah. you're not okay now so do you think that that at some point when you started to realize Okay, I'm gonna go to Heartlight. I'm gonna. My parents are sending me away. What, was there a sense of hope in that? That, mm -hmm. maybe, or was it just I'm mad? I well, I didn't know until yeah. like my last few hours here, like on my St. Simon's, like where I live. So yeah, I was. I've been like thinking about boarding school. I mean, I have great friends at home and stuff, but just like the thought of kind of getting away from my drama and everything kind of seemed nice. But I wasn't ready. No phone. Nothing. I mean, it's crazy. It's a really shock, but you really do find the good in things. Okay, so I mean, so the the phone thing. Yeah. Is it? Do you miss it as much as you thought you would? No, not really. Why? Why? Because because you're not comparing yourself to everybody, or you're not just like so occupied, and you fill your time in like working on like relationships. Like as much as it may be awkward, like starting relationships. Because I came here like with no one angry, upset, like completely out of my comfort zone yeah. to somewhere. Like, and you have to build off of that. Like you could bond over things like music and stuff, but like pretty much there's no phone. There's no, it's crazy. Yeah, but it's crazy good in a sense. I mean. It's like, de yeah, it's like detoxing. Like yeah, I was talking yeah. as much as I'm mad about my parents and like mad I can't go on social media it's like crazy because it's just like everything's peaceful yeah. at times. Do you find that relationships that you're forming here are kind oh. of filling that void a little bit? Like I can trust people and oh. like it fills that void in like weird ways. I didn't think it would. I no. thought that my phone was way more important than this, but no, at least I hope these relationships last for a while because yeah. there's definitely some people I'm going to want to keep in yeah, contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, okay, let me ask you this. I mean, if you had to tell parents, you know, because they're sitting there dealing with their kids on the phones mm -hmm. and all this stuff on, you know, and it doesn't quit, what could you tell parents that would encourage them or maybe give them some direction about how to handle that? I guess I struggled with, like, being open with my parents and them mm -hmm. being understanding because they like to listen to their point of view and know that they're correct all the time. Just being open-minded to, like, how the kid is because every kid's, like, built differently. Yeah, yeah. And so um, parents kind of, like, are minded by themselves, but, like, I'm not saying all, but pretty much just being open and honest because I had trouble lying. 
if so they you are had trouble lying to my parents. And, yeah, and so you're telling your parents to be truthful. But I mean, <laughs> being open because I was scared. Like, yeah, I was scared they weren't gonna like be okay with me. I yeah. thought like yeah, I wasn't gonna like to be the perfect pictured child because I was the oldest. I'm the oldest, and like I have to set an example. And I just like didn't want to let them down. I was too scared to let my wow. parents down. Wow. But so I've tried to be like Christian, show them I'm good, like go to all these camps, like show them I'm a great kid. But I was hurting, and I didn't know how to describe it to them because, like, yeah. I they would be like depression, like you can't go through that in high school. Cutting, that's just like nonsense. Like yeah, anxiety, yeah. you can't have it. You have no problems. But like deep down, like it it can cause a lot. Yeah, but it was real for you. And they didn't feel, know that, but I like expressed it in different ways. Yeah. And the self esteem too, like. And my parents would take my phone sometimes just for me to like unplug and like just let me spend time with them. And now I appreciate that a lot more yeah. than I did before because I was mad. And they'd be like, "Hey, we're gonna go paddle boarding. Let's like to get off our phones and go do something." And I was pissed, like I was yeah. mad. But now, like I look back and I'm like, those are the good moments that like I could look wow. back on. Wow, that's cool. You love your parents? Yeah, I do. I'm learning how to build a relationship in the right way right cool. now. Cool, Because I'm still in the learning process. Yeah, you think they love you? Yes, I know they do deep down. They're yeah, just like... they do. It was just the f- first few phone calls were tough. Yeah. It's been rough, but like just building that. They're getting so I can, better, though. I just hope when I get home, like I won't fight with them and have arguments and we can just oh, the, have... They'll good, be and you'll be at a better place. Exactly, because so. I'll be adult like in a year. Yeah. So I want to be in touch. I want to support them. I want them to support me. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for being on the program no today. No problem. Moms, dads, and grandparents are all part of a journey that will change the destiny of their families. And that journey can be changed for the better. Mark Gregston has written three books that will help encourage relationships, strengthen marriages, and help all moms, dads, and grandparents out there stay focused on what truly matters. For moms, Prayers for My Teen, a book of prayers and devotionals to help them stay anchored. For fathers, a devotional for dads, a series of devotions to help them protect their marriage and encourage their children. And finally, Grandparenting Today's Teens is a resource for any grandparent who wants to connect to their teen grandchildren in a meaningful way. Moms, Dads, and Grandparents, three books that can help change them all and change the course of their family's future. You can order Prayers for My Teen, a devotional for dads, and Grandparenting Today's Teens by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Jordan, thanks for being on the program today. Hey, tell me, I, I mean, instead of me even trying to to ask a million questions uh, to, to get the history of what's going on, tell me what's going on in your life the last six months. I graduated from high school and life was seeming very scary. And four days later, I shot myself in the heart and survived. Okay, that I know you've told the story a million times, and I, okay, tell me, scary? How? What was so scary? What was happening? Well, I've had depression since I was twelve, and so that has built up for years with my family not really 
solving and addressing problems, but mm. more giving me quick fixes. And, I mean, I'm so blessed to have been sent to Heartlight four years ago, but honestly, I think it was a little too early in my life. I really needed it my senior year because I didn't have anything worked out for college or anything yeah. for my future. I just graduated not knowing what I was going to do with my life on top of things going wrong in my relationship and at home. And I was feeling very alone and I was so afraid because my depression was getting worse, but everyone around me seemed to be okay with their quick fixes, but I wasn't satisfied. Yeah. Were you feeling, uh, did you feel that for quite some time? I mean, like, was it, uh, was it just kind of, okay, I'm graduated and, and boy, now nothing's working. And, and so you have the attempt or was it, was it something that you felt was building inside? Absolutely. I felt like it was something building inside. I feel like I was just waiting for the opportunity. Um, unfortunately, I was waiting for the day that I was left alone at home and could find a pistol. I had shotguns in all of my family's houses, but I really didn't want to paint that picture for people. Yeah. I wanted it to be as clean as possible because I didn't want to hurt people. I was afraid that that's all I was doing, though, by being alive. And clearly I was wrong. Wow. Clearly wow. I'm here for a purpose and a reason. And that's really all I needed was to feel like I am meant to be here. And I think we're all meant to be here right now, but yeah. it's easy to think in a depressed mindset that you're just causing people harm. You know, and, and, so, and that's interesting when you say in a depressed mindset that you begin to feel those things. Well, when you're not depressed, I feel like it's easier to love yourself. Yeah. And I think that's, Probably why I turn to so many relationships and drugs because I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, to be sent back here was a huge act of love mm. from divine intervention. Yeah. And you can't argue with that. Okay, so I mean, so you sh I, you don't hear of too many people shooting themselves in the heart. I mean, right. was that kind of the your thought of just saying I can, this is how I can just make sure it's over with and done? Or, well, I like you said, I could have done it another way. I could have done it in my head, and I yeah. really wouldn't have lived. But like I said, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to leave, like, the least traumatic image as possible yeah. for when I would be found. And I hear that there's this wild, like, seven minutes before you die mm. where life just kind of comes together. And I really kind of wanted 
to experience that, and I did, but not in the way that I thought it would be. Yeah. I actually lived, I was completely conscious. The whole time? For a time? whole few hours until they put me out for surgery. And, and I mean, you didn't hit your heart. What happened? Well, actually, it went through my aorta. Um, wow. wow. And it went through my lungs and my liver. And then it lodged into my spine where it paralyzed me from the hips down. Wow. And so paralyzed from the hips down. So you, are, are you still in a hospital or rehab? Um, actually, I was out a month later, a little over a month later, and I am doing so well, Mark. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I cannot tell you how rapidly I've progressed since yeah. the very get-go. I mean, I have not stopped moving. It's crazy. I mean, every day I'm getting back little bits of sensation yeah. and voluntary like movement, like flexing my muscles all oh, through cool. my legs and feet. Cool. And I'm going to a college in my state called MTSU wow. where they're doing an underwater treadmill program. Yeah, yeah. Well I've seen that on people. I've seen that on Facebook and uh, where you've posted it's some incredible. videos of that. So So they're helping me walk. They have done it for people who can't walk for all reasons. And 30 of their people besides me have been able to walk at least with a little assistance. But some people have completely recovered. I saw the video of you on your birthday um, walking (laughs) with the walker. And I I really thought how you listed it, you said, this is me on my birthday that was not supposed to happen. You know, that... Mm-hmm. That you weren't going to be here, and, and here you are. You, you, when you look, when you look back, you know. I mean, you're talking to a bunch of parents right now and grandparents. What could somebody have done differently that would have helped you? That would have prevented things. I needed someone that I felt like I could talk to about how I was feeling, but that wouldn't immediately act out of fear. Um, I just needed someone to listen Mm. and to care enough to, I mean, I love my mother so much, but at the time, if I called and told her that I felt like I wanted to die, she probably would have tried to put me in the hospital. And Mm. that, that wouldn't be the best option because it could have been dealt with at home. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of parents don't see that. Wow. Uh, Also really asking me what I felt like I needed. Rather than them just coming up with a cure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And saying, Hey, what do we need to do here, Jordan? That kind of thing. Right. Wow. Wow. Because unfortunately, I had written out like a seven-page note, and it completely covered everything. I mean, it completely explained me. And things that needed work and how they could be fixed. But I just felt like I wasn't being listened to. I felt like all my cries for help I'd already put out there, so why 
why would I feel like I had to keep asking? I mean, when a child tells you something needs to be done or they need something, they're telling you because they clearly need it. It's built up to the point where they felt like they need to ask for help, which a lot of people have problems doing. I did. So when someone finally does say they need something, especially a child, people really need to pay attention. So this was your way to get the attention, to get them to read that note. Absolutely. I felt like it was all things that I had said before, but just no one was listening. And they, at the same time, didn't see how it was affecting me. Yeah. Or how it could affect someone else. Wow. So negatively. Well, you know what? I mean, that that, that in itself right there is a, a message that I think resonates with everybody. That, you know, I think everybody could learn from that to hear the signs that, that may be being said that we're ignoring a little bit. Hey, Jordan, thanks for being a part of the program. I just want you to know we're all praying for you and, and uh, hope for a speedy recovery. You're doing well. Thanks again for being a part of the program. Okay. Thanks, Mark. All right. Love you, sweetheart. See ya. Love you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.